Behind the Scenes, Georgia's Crossover Day. Good morning. I think this is um, Legislative Day 28, commonly referred to as Crossover. Welcome to a special edition of Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Greg Bluestein. And I'm Patricia Murphy, and we are two of your political insiders here at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. If you're just listening to us for the first time, welcome, and be sure to follow us on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode or a special episode. Coming up on today's very special episode, we're going to take you behind the scenes at the state capitol for Crossover Day, a key legislative deadline where we're going to talk to lawmakers, lobbyists, reporters, and even interns about what it's like to be at the state capitol during this frenzied deadline day. So this is a special episode that we're taping on the day that's most important down here at the legislature because it's known as the day that a bill must pass one of the two chambers. They must have passed either the House or the Senate in order to be considered for final passage by the end of this legislative session. If you haven't made it across with your bill for crossover day, most likely that is going to be dead in the water until this time next year. Now, there's some um, extenuating circumstances that we'll talk about here in the podcast later. But Greg and I had a chance to be down in the state capitol with Shaney B, was there hey, with Shaney. us as well. This really is a special episode of Shaney B's involved, right? <laughs> well, that's the truth. Um, and so we were down there. Now, the time that we did these interviews, this was on Monday morning of Crossover Day, right up until about two o'clock. And so what you're going to know from this and what you're going to notice rather from this episode is that a number of bills were either just being defeated or had not yet come up for a vote. And so we do not know as of this taping exactly where all of these bills are going to end up. Some may have had the paddles of life applied to them and uh, resuscitated magically. Others uh, still have yet to pass or fail. We don't know exactly as of this taping, but we wanted to take this chance while we had Shaney B as our captor down at the state capitol to go inside the inner workings of the state capitol. And there's no better day to do that than on crossover day. This is Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Hey, Patricia. Hey, Greg. How's it going in real life? In real life. We're here <laughs> in the House Antechamber on one of the busiest and most important days of the Georgia legislative session. It's crossover day. You can hear in the background lobbyists outside the hallways, lawmakers inside the chamber. There's a lot of reporters running around 
Why is this day so special? This day, I like to consider Crossover Day as a combination of an Olympic semifinal and midterm exams <laughs> because you need to know your stuff by the, by midway through. And then also, if bills do not get across one of the two chambers, either the House or Senate, by Crossover Day, which is today. When I say today, I mean tonight because they'll be going, they'll be working well, well into the night. If bills don't get through one of the two chambers, the rules dictate that they will not be considered until the following legislative session. Now, let me put a, a, uh, an asterisk on that because sometimes bills do still get considered after crossover day, but you have to have a lot of juice to get your bill on something after crossover day. So, but, so this is a hugely important bill for lobbyists, for reporters, and of course for members themselves. So we're going to be walking through the Capitol day and you'll just hear this hum of activity. Um, it, right now it's about 1130 in the morning. This is going to be getting only louder as the day goes on and then really reaches its crescendo at the end of the night. That's why we like to say this is do or die day at the Capitol. But even if something dies, it's not. It's only mostly dead. It's on life until, support. Until signing die. Because there are ways until the very last day of the legislature that you can tack on language onto another bill. And there's all sorts of drama about that. But yes, if you don't make it through this day, odds are your legislation has very little chances of passing. And we are going to walk around. We're going to talk to a freshman lawmaker right now. This is her first crossover day. So this is Representative Draper. She represents... Uh, Bean Wynn's old district, Stacey Abrams' old district, and she's also a fellow North Springs Spartan. How you doing, Sarah? Go Spartans! Go Spartans. So this is your first crossover day on the state of Florida. We always talk about it as frenetic and frenzied and busy. What's it like? We're only we're not even at lunch yet, but what's it like so far? So far it is calm, but moving very quickly along. Usually the speaker asks, are people voting? Are people voting? Do you need more time? He's not really doing that. You know, you got to be at your seat. You got to be voting. Now you had a chance to present to the rules committee earlier today. What does that mean for our listeners who are out there just minding their own business? Why is that such a big deal to be before the rules committee on crossover day. So there's a lot of steps that you have to get through to make a bill become a law, and getting through the rules committee is one of those uh, very consequential steps. Um, so having the opportunity to present to them is very exciting, and we will see if the, the bill that I presented this morning actually comes out later today. And plug but, your bill. Yeah, I was about to say, what's the bill? So this is House Bill 559, and it really takes the wait time guessing game out of voting for people who have babies and toddlers. Um, what it would do is if you are in voting, in the voting line, and you are accompanied by a child who is five or under, you you can go to the front of the line. And that's something that we offer to our voters who are disabled, who are elderly, and I think it makes a lot of sense to extend that to our folk, our next generation of future voters. Hard support. We have all been there with toddlers or babies in the line. And I mean, you're on borrowed time at that point. So I will, I'm voting for that bill. <laughs> well, Representative Draper is a Democrat, but you know we like to focus on some of the more divisive policies. But a lot of the policies under the Gold Dome that pass are passed with overwhelming support. A lot of policies you know, get through with Democratic uh, sponsors like yourself. Yeah, and this one has received broad bipartisan support. It was voted unanimously out of committee. And, you know, what I like to say is whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, if you've got a crying baby, you know, you know how stressful that is. Well, we will track your bill all day. Best of luck to you. See you soon. Thank you. Okay, well, we came out into the hallway, and one of the first people we saw is Macon-Bibb County Mayor Lester Miller. Le Mayor Miller, I typically see you in Macon, and you are up here in Atlanta and the Capitol. What brings you here on Crossover Day? 
Well, there's a lot of important bills that may affect our community that's on, uh, on the margin today, so we want to do that. I'm also a member of the GMA uh, Legislative Council, so I'm here for that purpose to advocate for some bills and maybe playing a little defense on others. I was about to add that. A lot of folks under the Gold Dome, they're playing offense as much as they're playing defense. They're watching for last-minute changes, measures that might just pop up. Is there anything in particular you're concerned about? Well, I think the uh, House Bill 517, the affordable housing, is something that we're certainly uh, interested in. I think one of our planning and zoning members came up and spoke last week to the hearing. And uh, one of our local delegations is one of the sponsors in the bill. So we certainly uh, have some concerns about being preempted at a local level. And um, what are some bills that you are trying to actively move proactively today? Well, another defense bill is, is a truck bill. It's very important to us as well. I know that's been a lot uh, going on with that. Uh, so we're, we're interested in, in that as well. The, um, you know, we, we want to maintain local control, a lot of that things. And a lot of the uh, trucks going through our community that are overweight, uh, very concerning for our budget. So those are some of the things that we're certainly uh, looking at. And, uh, you know, some of the things are not going to make, make it this year. I think uh, some of the uh, local municipal court judges, I think term limits may, may be something that doesn't make that as well this year. Um, the uh, speed zone cameras is something that I'm paying attention to. I think that that will make it over. It's going to probably cut some funding out of our public safety this year. We just installed those in Macon Bibb County and been very successful in advocating uh, safer school zones. But at the same time, we've taken that money and put it in the public safety for cameras and help with public safety. And before we let you go, what's your day been like under the Gold Dome? Has it been busy meetings every second, or has it been more hurry up and wait? Uh, a lot of hurry up and wait, but I think uh, the, the local delegation has been very good. I've spent hours about coming out and talking to us. I probably spoke about six of hours already today, and members of Middle Georgia have been very uh, open. Not only know, want to know why I'm here, <laughs> want to know how they can be of a support to us, and I think each one of them realized that some of the bills may have some problems. They want to know how we can... Uh, maybe tweak some things and make them better so they can come back next year if they don't make it over this year. Okay, great. Well, great running into you. Good luck today. Thank you, Mayor. Okay, now walking down the hallway, we have run into Ed Lindsay, former House Majority Whip, and now a lobbyist. But I'll be darned if you may not be busier as a lobbyist on crossover day than you were as a House Minority Whip. What's going on for you today, Ed? It's a pretty busy day. Uh, my group, for instance, has about six different bills in the House and Senate that we are trying to get across to the other chamber by the end of the day. You know, crossover day is a very tense time. What I always tell folks is that the General Assembly generally usually starts with, a, with, with Peachtree Creek. It then progresses to Chattahoochee, and today we're going over Tallulah Falls in a barrel. <laughs> well, you spend a lot of your days outside of what we call the rope line. You know, you used to have access in and out of the chamber. You could go sit wherever you want. Um, now you've got to wait for lawmakers to come in and out as you try to talk to them. Of course, you can text them and you can call them, but, you know, face-to-face -face really matters. What do you do while you're waiting, and then when you have that moment to talk to them, what do you say? You know, you, you have to sort of talk to them in about 30-second sound bites. Uh, they are going through uh, an awful lot of legislation uh, between now and about 11 or 11.30 tonight. So the last thing they want to hear is a long diatribe. Uh, they want to get a quick sound bite. If necessary, they want some uh, quick information. And my role is to, is to try to advocate in that short period of time and also provide them accurately with whatever information they're looking for because they are moving on quickly to the next issue. So more specifically, let's say I'm a state representative and you're Ed Lindsay, the lobbyist, and I've got a, I'm moving a bill that you don't want to happen. What would you say to me on the rope line? 
you know, bad legislation can wait for another day. <laughs> <laughs> that is an easy way out. I like it. It is. Now, we, we've been talking a little about offense and defense. A big part of your year has so far been playing defense against Buckhead Cityhood. Uh, we just got the news a few hours ago that the Buckhead City forces are throwing in the towel for the year. They're calling it quits. They say, look, with the governor against it and with 10 senators over across the hall against it, uh, we can't fight on. So how do you take that news? Are you still vigilant? Are you ready to take a victory lap? Or do you also know there's still days left in the legislative session? Anything can happen. Well, moving beyond just the legislative session, there are a lot of underlying issues uh, that exist in the city of Atlanta, and my organization has always felt that we should be focused on those issues rather that, that unite both the folks in Buckhead with the rest of the city rather than on that which divides us. Uh, we have some serious issues ahead of us in terms of crime and quality service and zoning issues. And what we're hoping for with this announcement is that the folks that wanted a Buckhead City would will come together with us and we can, in a united way, work with City Hall to get those things rectified. And uh, last question, when we have heard quite a bit about crime, not just in Atlanta, but around the state, are there any bills that you're watching here on Cross Every Day that speak to that issue at all? You know, there are an awful lot of issues that, that are being addressed here, um, you know, from the accountability for DAs to uh, certain uh, enhanced sentences on certain crime areas. Uh, the governor has been working on gang-related issues, so whether it's in the, in the legislation today or uh, in his administration, we, we're looking closely at that. Uh, all, all around, you know, we, we recognize, as do folks throughout the state of Georgia, that, uh, that crime is at a level that's not acceptable, and we're going to work with anybody that will work with us. Thank you, Ed, Representative Lindsay, however you want us to call you. <laughs> we are walking across from the State House to the State Senate, and we bump into State Senator Nabil Islam, uh, a freshman state senator, Democrat from Gwinnett County, who just passed her first bill. This is your first crossover day as a member of the Georgia Legislature. You just passed your first bill. Tell us, A, about what it's like, and B, what your bill is. So. First of all, this is my first crossover day. Uh, we have about 70-something bills, so we're looking at probably being here until 2 a.m. Uh, a lot of work has been put into reviewing all these bills and knowing you know, how we're going to vote, uh, being educated about each bill. And my bill that I just passed is Senate Bill 144, which will protect um, commissioned officers. Um, basically, it protects our troops and saves taxpayers' money. So we will no longer require commissioned officers to be in the annual report to the governor and they will no longer have to print manual reports uh, because you can already find their ma manuals online, and so it just saves money. And your fellow senators kind of grilled you. They, uh, they, they, they quizzed you on all the, uh, the, the ranks of officers. So, Senator, we talked about commissioned officers. Uh, can you uh, tell us who those commissioned officers would be? Second lieutenant, lieutenant, captain, major, lieutenant colonel, colonel, brigadier general, major general, lieutenant general, and general. Very good job. Very good job. It was basically, we could call it hazing. Yeah, um, they enjoyed it. I tried to leave the well at least once, and they're like, no, 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 you still have more questions. But I think I, think I did pretty well. So. And look, you got, a, you got an ovation from pretty much everyone when you actually got the answer right, when you had to list in order the, the ranks of officers in the military. Everyone needs to know, every, everyone should be able to recite that with their eyes closed. So. Amen. 
Now, I think our uh, listeners are going to be wondering, how does a freshman Democrat get a bill across by Crossover Day? How did you do that in this Republican-led Senate chamber? So I worked, um, I'm on the Veterans, Military, and Homeland Security Committee, and I worked with um, our Chairman Dugan and the National Guard on this bill. Um, it was a bill that the National Guard wanted, and uh, it was a bipartisan bill, so I have pri my primary co-sponsors are both Republican and Democrats, so that's very important, especially when you're in the minority, that you also have Republican support on your bill, or let's be frank, it won't pass. And so um, I had really strong bipartisan support. And as you saw on the board, um, I almost got unanimous support uh, in, for it to pass. So, um, but that's basically how I did it. Well, congratulations. Thank you, Senator. Just ahead, we're going to follow the fate of the sports betting legislation under the Gold Dome. This is Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word. AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. And we're back to Politically Georgia from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Greg Bluestein, along with the other host, Patricia Murphy. And we are two of the authors of the Morning Joel newsletter, which sets the stakes in the agenda in Georgia politics. And you can get it in your inbox every morning if you're a subscriber to the AJC. You can join the community right now by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts and get six months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts so you always know what's really going on. This is a special edition for Crossover Day. And now we're going to take you right back to the state capitol. Walking the dog. Hey, this is so awkward because Greg and I are carrying our microphones with us through the whole way. Like a leash. And um, we're getting a lot, of, a lot of strange looks. People usually don't do this. But we're doing this for our Politically Georgia listeners. So I ask you, just let the people decide. Have a heart. Let them have, let, let kids that can't afford to go to college or technical school have a chance. You know, and if you're morally opposed to gambling, I, I respect you vote no. It's okay. It may not be a good thing. And that's why there's so many protections in the enabling legislation. If we now go we're in the Senate chamber where lawmakers are about to vote on Senator Bill Kausser's measure to legalize sports betting. It's one of about four different sports betting bills moving through the chambers right now, um, but it might have the, one of the best chances of actually making it out. So we're going to stick around here to see what happens. Um, the, the person we're listening to right now is State Senator Bill Kausser, who is sponsor of the bill, and he is making the argument to his colleagues um, that there may be some problems with gambling, but let's be sure to add some protections to people who may have gambling addictions. So we'll see if that argument works today. Is this something you believe the people of Georgia ought to be able to decide? Do they want it? Unless you're so morally irre 
irrefutably opposed to it, give them a chance. Thank you for your time and attention. Around, even as he's speaking, the Senate chamber is a hive of activity. There's people standing, there's people sitting, there's senators mulling about, there's some in private conferences. Most of these senators already know how they're voting, but there's still an element of suspense because we don't know what the final outcome will actually look like. This is not a sure thing. So now we'll move to the amendments. The question is on the adoption of Amendment 1 from the senator from the 26. Is there objection to Amendment 1? Without objection, Amendment 1 is adopted. On Amendment 2 from the Senator from the 21st, is there objection to Amendment 2? There is objection to Amendment 2. On the adoption of Amendment 2, let's go. The, we'll do a roll call vote. Secretary, unlock machine. Those in favor, vote yay. Those opposed, no. That is the, the buzzer to unlock the machines for the senators to vote. They only have a short period to vote, so you can hear the doorman saying, voting for all the lawmakers who might be outside this room to come back in as fast as you can. And over the next few minutes, we're going to see some lawmakers rushing to cast their votes for this important issue. Mr. President, state your inquiry. Mr. President, is it not true that I didn't have a B average, but I had a thank you Jesus average graduating high school? Senator from, the, from Savannah knows what he speaks. You just heard the cry of daddy. That is a, uh, a lawmaker's wife brought All in their the kids. The amendment, the oh, nays are 12 and the nays are 44 <laughs> and this amendment has failed. On amendment number three, authored by the... Right now they're voting on amendments amendments to change the measure. amendment number three. But in a second, in a minute or two, they're going to vote on the All underlying measure. Three signified by voting yes. All those opposed, no. Secretary unlock the machine. <laughs> and Bo, Senator Bohatchet is voting with his two daughters in his arms. He's seeing if he can maneuver that, uh, that physical feat. Looks like he got it done. Multitasking. <laughs> and just now, our photographer... Just now, AJC photographer Natrice Miller comes right in front of us to take a picture of the moment when the bill passes or fails. She wants that money shot of the board that shows red and green, but a senator just blocked her way, so she's trying to maneuver into position to capture that image. Uh, we'll have a chance because there will be monies available for her. The senator knows her district best. And the senator from the 12th will not have to write her a check. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's see how it turned out. Three seconds left. On the adoption of amendment, uh, the yeas are four and the nays are 52, and this amendment has failed. On the last amendment, amendment There's four, one more amendment, so and then they're going to vote on the actual measure that calls for the legalization of sports betting. Objection to amendment four. All those in favor of Amendment 4, signify by saying yay. All those opposed, nay. A secretary and lock machine. Patricia, it's really interesting because in the House, it's a much bigger body, 180 members. Um, but there's a, and there's a bigger area for the press to sit. There's behind a glass pane, right? Here in the Senate, the pressure right here on the floor, along with the state lawmakers, and so lawmakers will often come right up to us. There's, there's, a, there's no glass big pane of 
there's no glass wall dividing reporters from, from lawmakers. I tend to like the Senate better because of that. You have direct interaction with lawmakers all day long. Sometimes they'll come up and say, <laughs> you know, they didn't like your last story. Sometimes they say they did. But it's, it's great to have the face-to-face interaction. It's very hard to avoid direct eye contact in the state Senate. So you really need to make sure that you're standing behind your own stories when you come over here. But yeah, it really is the size of sort of a small lecture room, soaring ceilings. But the square footage on the ground is really not very large. So people are here if they don't have their own um, specific seat to sit at. As a member of the Senate, other people, if they need to be in the room, are simply just standing along the walls. Reporters have about 10 seats where they can sit. That split it up between that they split that up between print and um, broadcast. So really not a whole lot of areas for the media to sit as well. So a lot of us end up standing in the back and just watching the action from uh, from inside the chamber. Okay, Patricia, here's the moment where lawmakers are now voting in the Senate on the adoption of the constitutional amendment to call for to pave the way for the legalization of sports betting. Now this measure, because it's a constitutional amendment needs to be approved by two-thirds of the chamber. So it's a higher threshold than pretty much every other measure. We say most most measures are just simple majority. This one needs two-thirds. And we've just seen a number of amendments. Now is the actual big vote. Okay, well, we really happen to have walked into the Senate chamber at a bit of a, um, at a suspenseful moment because we don't know exactly what's going to happen with this. Can these uh, senators get it across the finish line um, with, largers, with numbers large enough to uh, put a constitutional amendment on the ballot in 2024? And of course, after that, voters still have to pass it in a referendum for it to become part of the state constitution. We'll see. We have got eight seconds left. The lawmakers are all watching the board because no one knows how this will turn out. On the adoption resolution by substitute, the yeas are 30 and the nays are 26. This resolution having not received the two-thirds amount needed uh, as for the constitutional majority is therefore has therefore failed. So it fails. What's going to happen now is he's going to ask for it to be tabled. Or maybe not. <laughs> we'll find out. I recognize the senator from the 19th for a motion. Or excuse me, for adopt for the budget. I'm sorry. Thank you, Mr. President. I move the Senate adopt the conference committee report to House Bill 18. They're moving on. Senator from the 19th has moved that the Senate adopt the conference committee. So that, committee. Is, that does not mean sports betting legislation is moot for the rest of the session. What that means is this bill ain't going forward. But there's still another bill pending in the House uh, that would call for a straight-up uh, simple majority um, on sports betting legislation that wouldn't be a constitutional amendment. There's a debate about whether or not that's the best way forward for a bill because there's all sorts of litigation that could be involved. Um, but So this idea is still not dead, but certainly this was a big blow to it. Well, yeah, it was a big blow. However, it did get a majority to pass. Uh, It was 30 to 26. So if you're looking for just a simple majority on a sports betting bill, there is a simple majority in this chamber over here in the Senate. They're just going to need a different bill to vote on. Now we are here in the back of the Senate chamber with veteran Statehouse reporter Maya T. Prabhu, who has covered the Georgia legislature for... This is my sixth session. Sixth session in the South Carolina legislature before that. So she's gone through six crossover days in Georgia and many other legislative deadlines beyond. 
So, Maya, give us a, a recap. We're at lunch break right now. Give us a recap of how a day like this usually goes. Um, it's frenzied. It's, uh, we have several bills that are maybe uh, less controversial. We'll get unanimous votes. And then we have the more controversial ones, like the sports betting bill that just ended up failing on the floor, which, I mean, maybe I'm a sadist what's the right word but i i enjoy when bills fail on the floor because typically by the time a bill makes it to the floor we usually know how it's going to go and that has not been the case at all this year yeah super quick on that one because we were we were kind of narrating that vote and to me that was yeah i don't know if it was a surprise but i i certainly wasn't aware i didn't know if it would pass or fail right and so there was a little bit of actual drama on the floor just now yeah, so I honestly, this morning on Political Rewind, said that the bill was going to pass. I expected it to pass. It passed two years ago. But I think what we have now that I didn't take into account is there are two camps of thought, right? There are the people who think that they can, they can allow sports betting in Georgia without amending the Constitution, and there are people who think that you have to amend the Constitution. So it seems as though a lot of the people who fought hard to pass a bill last week that did not require a constitutional amendment, that even though they support sports betting, voted against this bill. Like I spoke with Senator Hickman, who was a sponsor of the bill that failed last week, and he said, if I voted for, for this bill, then it would, it would say that I agree that a constitutional amendment is needed, and I don't agree to that. And now talking about this dynamic of bills coming to the floor this year that are just flaming out on the floor with really big bad votes for the sponsors, Tell us a little bit about that. Does this feel like it's a piece of Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones's leadership style or what's new this year that we have not been seeing last year um, or years before that's making this happen right now, do you think? I think, you know, all of the folks in leadership are, you know, testing, flexing, testing, seeing where where they fit in, how things are going to go, who's really going to be in charge, because that's always an argument on the Senate side, who's really in charge. And it is, I think it is leadership style. I, both um, Majority Leader Gooch and Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones have said, you know, we're not going to be heavy handed. This is not going to be top down. Anybody who brings a bill deserves to have it in committee. And, you know, it, it deserves to go through the legislative process and then maybe die on the floor. So do we know who's in charge yet? No, <laughs> I don't think we do. I don't think we do. I think, you know, the the thumb might be in, on the scale in, in the favor of the lieutenant governor, but, uh, you know, we'll see. And in addition to being one of the South's most prominent political reporters, you are also known for bringing fun and joy under the Gold Dome. Uh, Maya compiles a list every year of the best-dressed folks under the state capitol. And today, you have an initiative of your own going on. So since it's kind of my job to pay attention to the fashion and what everybody is wearing and people point out nice dressers to me all all throughout the session, I've noticed that faux leather is very on trend this year. I have a pair of faux leather pants. I've seen so many other lawmakers, lobbyists, staff wearing faux leather. And so I said, like, hey, let's let's gather all the faux, faux leather girlies and we'll all wear our faux leather on crossover day. And then we're going to gather in about 30 minutes and take a group picture. Perfect. But well, we will check Twitter for that picture. And I do want to say that Senator Sonia Halperin's pleated pleather midi skirt is very on point. And how about my pleather pants? Leather pants. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> oh my, go get some lunch. Thanks so much for joining us. No problem. 
Okay, we were standing in the back of the Senate chamber and a familiar face came over to Greg and me. Introduce yourself for us. Hi, I'm Paula Restrepo and I'm Senator Robertson's aide. So Paula, we understand that this is your first crossover day, is that right? Yes, it's pretty, pretty exciting. Okay, and tell us, how did you um, come to be Senator Robertson's aide? How did you? How did a nice girl like you end up in a chamber like this? Uh, well, I interned for Frontline and uh, for Citizens for Greater Georgia under Kelly Loeffler, and they just passed me on to the internship program here, and I got the opportunity to interview for Senator Robertson, and I got selected. So, yeah, and I'm a junior at Kennesaw State University in poli-sci and international affairs. The NCAA tournament-bound Kennesaw State University Owls. So tell us what it's like on Crossover Day. Has it been, I know you've read about it, you've heard about Crossover Day, um, but what's it like being here as an intern, being on the floor of the state senate, being able to hang out with the senators, busy so far? Yes, definitely. It's really exciting uh, to be in the real life experience, the process, the actual process. Uh, It's a little bit more chill than I thought uh, because I see the senators like Senator Brass just joking. And I think that's a funny, uh, cool, chill vibe that they bring to the table that a lot of people are not aware of that happens. It's like, oh, they're actually friends. And you see people from both sides of the aisle just laughing and joking with each other. And I think that's an element that public doesn't get to see or experience, but just in crossover, it's it's fascinating. We were told that we could stay here until midnight or, or past midnight, which it's, it's it makes me feel more tired, but it also gives some excitement. It, gives, it makes me really thrilled. Get your coffee ready. I yes. know. Well, it's a great way to get firsthand experience and visibility into the legislative process. What are your duties today? Have you been told... Yes. So today I got selected as the intern of the day. That means I help the Secretary of the Senate in all the duties of passing the papers, making sure they're on schedule, that any amendments, that all the all the senators have the required documents and the details of every amendment that will be discussed on the floor. And Paula, I think you made a great point. There can be very tense moments here in the State Senate and, and the State House and under the Gold Dome very divisive votes, but there's also a lot of levity. There's also uh, joking around and camaraderie. You see Democrats and Republicans talking with each other often. It's something that might be lacking in, in the U.S. Congress. Yes, actually, I love that you mentioned that because that was the thing that surprised me the most at working at the local level. Is you see um, CNN or Fox News or whichever news channel you look at, it, you see a lot of conflict between Democrats and Republicans in Congress. But when you look at the local level, you learn that they're actually friends, that they have dinner together, and they hang out in each other's offices. And you see the depths of something that the public don't get to experience. But also, just if you just look at the news, you don't see that. You don't see what happens behind the scenes, which is usually just friendship. And they talk and discuss things. And even when they disagree, they can laugh at things five minutes afterwards and they can have lunch together and have a good time. That's terrific. Well, we know down here that the staff, the interns, the doorkeepers, um, the uh, Capitol Police all really keep the machinery down here running. Where do you think you're going to end up in your own career? Do you have goals to either run for office or be in public policy? Uh, Well, if you would have asked me last year, I would have said, I want to run for office and I want to be a lawyer. That has now changed because I've seen how crazy it is and I like my 
eight hours of sleep a night. So right now I'm aiming to hopefully get an internship with the governor or uh, with the U.S. Congress and slowly climb up the ladder to become Secretary of the State of the United States of America. Uh, I'm a first-generation immigrant, so that would be a huge goal. And I love the world of diplomacy and international affairs. I feel like it's fascinating. And this is just a first-hand experience. Okay, well, I feel like it's the first of many steps up the ladder. Congratulations. Great to see you today, Paula. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, Greg, wrapping up those conversations, it is so clear to me, and I hope to our listeners, just how many people it takes to keep the machinery running down here at the state capitol, from the interns to the lawmakers themselves, the staffs, and the lobbyists really do play an immense role down here. Sometimes the lobbyists are the ones actually drafting this legislation. Depending on what side of the issue you're on, you're either totally fine with that or you have a real problem with that. But this is just a 40-day session. So when lawmakers are collecting issues throughout the year from their constituents, from special interests, they have got to hit the gas immediately on day one. And then um, crossover day is a huge benchmark for that. Yeah, it is a carefully calibrated machine down here at the state capitol. And one that will continue to go on because we've still got uh, many more days of legislative session to go. Signy die is the next ultimate deadline that will be at the end of March. And so stay tuned. We're going to have a lot more coverage to come from here at the state capitol. And on Wednesday's episode, we're going to have the complete summary of what went down and what didn't go down at the state capitol during crossover day. On Friday's episode, we're going to answer your questions from the listener mailbag, which you can now call into. It's the Politically Georgia hotline. You can call anytime, leave a question, and we'll play it back and answer your question right here on the podcast. The number is 770-810-5297. That's 770-810-5297. Let us hear from you. Well, thanks so much for listening to this special edition of the Politically Georgia podcast. You can count on new episodes to come out every Wednesday, every Friday, or whenever news breaks. We'll see you next time on Politically Georgia from the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.